everybody and welcome. Welcome to the next edition of the Words, Women and Wisdom radio show, streaming live from BBS in California and syndicated to over 100 stations globally. I'm your host, Yvonne E.L. Silva, and I am joined today by my guest. I met uh, this really intriguing lady in a recent networking room, and I was thrilled to connect and have more a more detailed conversation because I interview women who have risen from tragedy to triumph and are now out in the world doing really interesting work. And Julia is certainly one of those people, Julia Langley. So hello, Julia, where are you dialing in from today? Hello, so excited to be here. I'm calling from the southeastern part of the U.S. I'm actually in Alabama, where I grew Alabama. up. Alabama. Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so we're, we're right across the country. So I'm in Calgary, Canada, at the base of the Rocky Mountains. You can tell from my accent, I wasn't born in Canada. I was born in London, England. And this show, as I said, airs on you know uh, over 100 stations globally. So here we are. Today, I'm with Julia. And I'm thrilled to to be interviewing her today because Julia has a really intriguing background. She's clocked over 150,000, 150,000, 15,000, 15,000, 15,000 hours. Of <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, how old are you? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 15,000. Um, now it makes of, 15 sound small. So <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> so let's start. Let's restart yeah. that one. So, fifteen thousand hours of stage time was set yes. in twenty different countries and across the entire USA. She's also been invited to appear on CBS, on ABC, Fox affiliates throughout the US, and has overall over ten years of experience. Defining speakers' strengths. So this is all about how do you show up? How do you perform? How do you entertain? How do you educate, inspire? All of those things that you could do through something like Cirque du Soleil. However, most speakers want to magnetize um, their audience and capture their attention in a very unique way. So this is about building personalized stage presence. She's also a best-selling author in that field of public speaking and has written and directed uh, 14 original stage plays and trained Olympic athletes. So a really intriguing background. And I know that there is also a story to share here. So yes. when I interview women who've risen from tragedy to triumph, a lot of the lessons along the way are what my audience really finds juicy because it's about resilience. It's not about what happens to you. It's about what you choose to do afterwards. Do you get up or do you curl up into a ball? And we've probably both of us at some point in our life done both of those things and have now chosen to rise up and to bring others with us. So in 2019, I know that uh, there is a story here. She was hit by a Jeep while riding her bicycle. And this is something that changed her life forever. So I'm actually going to let you tell the story because it's really um, a detailed and intriguing one. And I always love to start with what's the context? What's the background for how you got, to, you know, how you got to be who you are today and doing this kind of work? What's the story? Well, I, at a very young age, I come from a, a family of singers and music was not something we just did for fun. Music was just who we were. It was part of my life. My grandmother had 13 brothers and sisters. Every single one of them played and sang, played a musical instrument and sang. It was part of their growing up, part of their education. So this was on both sides of my family. So I could not escape the fact that music was just so important. So it's in my blood, right? The stage um, entertaining music, connecting with your audience. And I, I started doing it at a very early age. And so it really shaped my life. I, I went to college and I got a business degree, but there was something calling me back. And, you know, I worked in the corporate world. I worked, um, in the, in the, in the nonprofit world for a while as a fundraiser, but it just was calling my name. And I really wanted to step out and take a chance to be, you know, be an entrepreneur, to work for myself and to chase my dreams. So that's really what I did. And um I didn't know what I was doing, but I had a dream and determination 
So I, I took the chance. I, it, it, you know, it's really largely about showing up and about stepping out. And, um, I was pretty audacious back, you know, when I was young and I was, I, what fear? Okay. Fine. Just bring it on. <laughs> so, uh, that, so that's really what started it and got me going. And I knew that I had already always been singing since I was two years old. I started and I'm like, I have to do something with music. So, um, I really, uh, I, I met some people. I started getting involved in local theater in South Florida where I'd lived for, you know, for 20 years. And, uh, I met some people and they were like, look, we have a whole network here of entertainment and you can get involved, you know, and they told me what to do. And they were kind enough to turn me onto a couple of agents and I took a chance. And I always laugh about this because my first video that I sent out was of me singing the Star Spangled Banner at some charity event. You know, I didn't know you needed a fancy video. I didn't know about going out and getting this, all of that done. I just sent this video in and I said, my friend Christy gave me her name and said to take a chance on me. Now, we, this agent and I have since laughed about this because it's really very laughable, but they gave me a shot. They mm. gave me a shot. Mm. And the rest is history from there so so that jump started my career actually. yeah so this context of you know what we see growing up right if our if our family is in you know the music industry the entertainment industry obviously we're surrounded by that that is our norm now for me it was you know a very traditional middle class upbringing working with a stay-at-home mom and and well, having a stay-at-home mom and my dad was out working as a stock controller so very structured very rigid kind of mindset and being the adventurous one out you know swinging high as high as I could on the you know the monkey bars in the park um I was the rebel and I was seen as the outsider <laughs> So interesting. And they would have liked me at Cirque du Soleil when I was five. So you had had a very early accident, right? The hit by a Jeep riding your bike. So can we start there? Because I believe that, you know, in those very early years when we're like, you know, under six or under 10, big things happen that change us and shape us. And I believe what you experienced and how you coped with it has shaped who you are and what you went on to do later on. So can we start it, there? That's well, great. this this actually wasn't early in my life. This was five years ago that this happened. Oh, okay. Hang on. Oh, 2019. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, right. Yeah, this was 2019 that this okay. happened. Okay. Right before the pandemic. And it, it was interesting because I had been working for Cirque uh, du Soleil for a number of years at this point. And when I wasn't on the road touring, I was back in South Florida. I don't know, living the high life, you know. I had a coaching business. I was working with aspiring singers and performers, um, boating, riding my bike, just living large, you know. And um, I dropped my car off one day to get the oil changed. I hopped on my bike. I went to get coffee. I crossed an intersection, and I, my life changed in an instant. Someone ran through the intersection and broadsided me in the bike lane. And I went up on the hood and out or hit by the grill. So up onto the car and out into the middle of the highway. Hmm. One decision to get coffee. And I went from here to rock bottom. Hmm. So what were your injuries then? Well, they didn't diagnose them right away. Um, but when they were diagnosed, I had a spinal cord injury, uh, which required immediate surgery. I had a double head trauma or traumatic brain injury. The truck hit the side of my face and the ground hit the back of my head. I had five broken bones and, um, all over. So it was full body trauma. And then about three months later, the uh, the nightmares, and the psychological trauma from that was equally as harrowing as the physical trauma. Mm. That changed my life. It changed it forever. Mm. And you know, um, like I said, coming back from the psychological part of it, sometimes that's even harder than dealing with the physical. 
Yeah. I can hear it in your voice, Julia, and yes. why I don't like uh, doing these interviews pouring salt on a wound. I think that it's just so relevant how, you know, one thing, as you said, one small decision and bam, you know, life has changed, right? Right. It changes like that. And yeah. even and even with our best efforts, and that's the thing, it wasn't a stupid decision. I stopped at the intersection. Mm-hmm. I stopped. I looked both ways. It was nothing I did, but I tried to find make sense of it, and I tried to find some reason that it happened for a long time. Right. And have you found that but reason? Have you figured that sometimes, out? Sometimes if we don't take the time to stop and smell the roses and slow down, we get slowed down. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. Because you talked about, you know, living the life, coaching, bike riding, boating. Yes. You had it all going yes. on, right? And you Oh, I did. Another plan. <laughs> so would you, do you think that that does fall into the category of PTSD, what you were experiencing, Julia? Oh, absolutely. I was diagnosed with PTSD after that. And um, not only not only did I have it because of the trauma I experienced directly, I watched the Jeep run me down. I yelled five times. And the last thing I remember is the uh, grill of the Jeep being right here. It's the last yeah. thing I remember. Yeah. Then oh. when I was in the ambulance, I had an episode where I lost my ability to speak and see. I went blind. Wow. And it was unexplained still to this day. They really don't know what happened, but, um, and that happened on the way to the ER. So as I was trying to figure out, because I, you know, I never experienced a panic attack. I had never experienced any kind of anxiety. And, and I think, and I, I want to say, because quite often people think PTSD is anxiety after an event. They kind of have that in their head. And it's not what it, I learned. I learned that that's not what it is. How would you describe it? Like, you know, what, what's happening and how it feels? Um, it's not something you can talk yourself out of. Unlike what people think, they think that you can go to talk therapy, talk through it, and now you can work through it. It's it, PTSD, and I and I actually was speaking with a, a clinical uh, therapist not too long ago. It was said it should be diagnosed as a medical condition instead of a mental condition mm-hmm. because your brain actually changes in the process um, of going through it. So your hippocampus, which regulates um, the part of your brain that uh, that that keeps you from just being spontaneous. It actually gets smaller. And um, the amygdala, which is your fight or flight, gets actually larger. So that lizard brain gets bigger and you have less control over it. So what I found started happening to me with this was that I had a trigger. Um, One thing that would happen was I would dissociate. And you could see it. I And my friends knew when I was just going somewhere else, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So that's the first thing that happens. And I, that was an experience. I, that's something that I had never experienced before. I was like, wait, what's, what? And it's sort of like you just go off into a dreamland. Like you're, there's a fog and everything all of a sudden becomes okay. You're, cause yeah. you're floating away. Yeah. And then, and then the other thing that started happening to me was, um, I started being very sensitive to noise and it was, uh, not, I, I mean, Loud talking, whatever, that's fine. But it was a surprise, sudden noise. So what I found was I'd love to go to rock concerts with my friends. I would go to a concert and something would happen and startle me and I would have a full-blown panic attack and run. Before I could control it, before I could slow myself down, my legs had carried me outside the stadium. I mean, I can I can sit here and tell you numerous times that that happened to me and um, I'm aware of it now. I still struggle with it. You know, it's something PTSD is something that you manage and that you learn to have a relationship with for the rest yeah. of your life. So it changed me. Um, I do uh, really manage my anxiety a lot better because it will take it up a notch and I can start to feel when it, when it, when it starts to go and I really have to learn to, um, you know, ways of managing the anxiety part of it. Okay. So, so, um, so when yeah. you think about, think about the work that you're doing now, um, yes. where you're coaching performers, 
what would be that very, very, very first, oh my gosh, it's starting, right? Signal of nervousness bubbling up or um, in your case, you know, that you're going to be disassociating or you're going to be into not necessarily a panic attack, but something is happening. What's the very first signal that you get in your body that you can now go, oh, it's coming up again. Well, it's like I said, noise. So I know when something goes bam, right? Or there, like an example, I was in the theater one time. This is last year, actually. And I'm sitting in front of the speaker. We were having problems getting the monitors working. Well, they turned something on and it went, wow, right by my head, right? I had to go escape. Like I ran, because it's embarrassing, you know, I had to get away. So my legs are saying get far, far away because my, it's saying it's not safe. My body is telling me that it is safe. Right. So, um, so I'm running in the other direction and, um, and, and so, um, anyway, I have to go away. My eyes get wide. That's the first thing. And then the tears come and I start to cry. Okay. And I know immediately. Okay. So this interview is all about, you know, fears going from um, fears to, sorry, fearful to fears, right? Yes. So first thing, you know, first point of change, I always say this to my listeners is awareness, right? So if if we're not even aware that something is going on, we have no opportunity to change it. It's like unconsciousness, right? Right. So we're aware of it. So what would be some strategies that you foster with your clients to avoid nervousness on stage as, as a speaker, as a performer that you've now learned and adapted that you probably wouldn't have known before having your own life changing experience? Well, one of the big things I noticed, and this is a little bit to the side of what you're saying, but it still, it still is involved in this, is that because of what all was happening to me, I silenced my voice, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know I silenced my voice. Like, I just stopped speaking up. I stopped. I felt, and I didn't do it consciously. I did it, um, I did it subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Until I started working through that, I didn't realize just how much I had faded away. So every time I dissociated, I, part of me was going somewhere else and I wasn't getting it back. Right. And, and that's one thing that, um, it's a grounding technique. So you want to bring yourself to the present moment, right? And realize, uh, particularly with fear, because I deal with a lot of people who have paralyzing fear. It's a, the fear of public speaking is the number one fear in the world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and you're not in danger. That's the thing is that you're not in danger. So you have to, your body, that body is really taking over at that point. Now, the difference between PTSD and having fear of public speaking is that the brain can, can control that fear you have on stage, right? There is that. You can learn to harness that. And it's all about bringing yourself to the present moment. And even with PTSD, it's the same thing. Right. So we use grounding techniques, whether it be holding on to a pen, you know. And and the other thing is preparation often lessens that. So if you can prepare yourself mm-hmm. for that moment, you walk in with more confidence naturally. So the fear is going to dissipate and you learn how to use the fear as excitement rather than um, something that's going to <laughs> end you, you know, yeah. kill you. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of laughing to myself as you're talking, um, thinking back to a event that I spoke at pre COVID 500 women in the audience. It was a fearless women's conference and the slides failed um, because the girl who had, uh, been speaking in front of me, who was the host, I was the first speaker up in the morning, um, had such a powerful presentation, it, it crashed the slides. Now, that thing about carrying something, I had been rehearsing with my notes before I had my printed handouts with all my notes on. And for some reason, whatever, comfort, whatever, I decided I was going to take those with me. So I was like carrying my notes kind of rolled up like a baton. 
Now, as it happened, I didn't know the slides were going to fail, right? So I already had those with me. Thank you, universe. Right? <laughs> and and that feeling, especially for women, right? A lot of my listeners are women. It's like kind right. of going to a, an event and not having a purse with you, right? It's, I mean, it's not a security blanket, but it's like something that is anchoring for you. And right. having, for me, it was having that baton because I didn't have any pockets. I just had my headset on. I wasn't even holding a mic because it was a big event, um, had a lavalier on. And I was able to still continue the performance. I mean, I joked with the audience because uh, five minutes earlier, I had been standing in the bathroom and realized I had a run in my nylons. So, okay, this is a, an audience of women, right? Be relatable. I mean, I wasn't thinking about it till afterwards. It just naturally happened. But, you know, I right. jumped up on stage and like, hey, I'm here to help you have more confidence. That's and exactly right. Ladies, you know, have you ever have you ever been standing in the bathroom about to go on stage in front of 500 people and realize you have a run in your nylons? And I, you know, yeah. was pointing to my run. Now, everyone laughed because what woman in the audience hasn't ever had a run in her nylons at an important moment, right? So That's all exactly these right. things orchestrated, thank you for the, you know, thank you, universe. The slide. That's exactly through, right. Right? You know, so here I am like naked on stage almost. <laughs> No slides, and and it wasn't intended to be a keynote. So you know, I was relying upon having my slides. So partly because I'd rehearsed, because I had my notes I could put out on the podium and refer back to, I was able to carry on, and the slides didn't come back up until about ten minutes in. So um, fully grounding, right? Lessons if you're taking notes, listeners, um, from an right. expert in the entertainment industry, is find a process that will be your grounding activity. Use that as you're doing your preparation. I heard you talking about preparation. And then that's right. You know, get your energy set before you go into your performance, before you go on stage. And the other thing that I learned too is, you know, if you're standing up on stage with a speak to sell mindset that you're going to sell something at the end, the audience will feel it right away. So how can you have like that? that? Yeah, how can you have that energy that you step into that you are here to serve? You are here to serve right. the audience. You're here to inspire, to influence, to educate, whatever it might be, but you're serving them. And the Well, that's what I, I, I say that too, because like, I, you know, and I tell my clients that as well. Like you have something people actually need. Like there's every one of us that are in this. You have a uniqueness about you that can influence others, but you can't influence others if you don't get out there and you don't share it. All right. Yeah. So this is, you're sharing an opportunity and it's not going to be for everyone in the room, but it might be for somebody in the room. And that's the most important part that you have to remember. So if you come at it, like you're trying to win, like trying to get something from them, they yeah. will know. Yeah, they will know. Give huge, huge, sell versus serve, huge, huge. And then you also talked about the pen. Um, now in your case, you were talking about, you know, holding the pen, right? I mean, you can wave right. like one, you can do all kinds of things with it. Um, you know, point to the audience members instead of using a finger. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do. Um, however, um, in a coaching perspective, you talked earlier about losing your voice. Um, when I first started in coaching, I had been in consulting before that. So I was used to telling people. Um, and so I needed a mechanism to remind me to ask the question and then stop talking and let the right. site do the heavy lifting, right? So for me, the pen analogy is actually where you're putting the pen on your lip. And that was my signal to myself to stop talking, Yvonne, let them do the do the work, right? Um, right. There's all kinds of props that we can use. Um, Jill Lublin, I interviewed a while ago on my show. She's a big fan of using props. She has all kinds of sparkly things and um, just <laughs> brings in when that. she's talking and doing her workshops and virtual summits. And it makes it really interesting. So what other techniques, um, you know, if we think about, uh, you know, three or four top tips that you've learned as an expansive performer. I mean, holy smokes, Cirque du Soleil. I mean, like that's the gold standard, right? What else have it you is. learned about performing um, that you can translate, especially to speakers? Because a lot of my audience are speakers, authors, coaches, entrepreneurs. 
Well, the, as far as translating, well, the thing about it is, is that you can always see a difference, even starting at an early age, when I see youth that are involved in the arts, they're involved in standing on stage or acting even, which are not even singing, not even music, but, but acting in particular, that there's a difference in them, in their ability to or respond to uh, challenges, mm-hmm. their ability to interact with uh, people, their ability to answer questions, and particularly um, stress uh, under pressure. Right. You see their ability to handle it. So when I work with, even with adults, this is one of the things that we do. Resilience is a huge, huge part of being able to handle yourself. And when I say stage, it can be a job interview. I, I recently had a client who's looking to get a high-level job, six-figure management position in a corporation. And he's he's number two. He's in the top two right now. So we're very excited about that. But it requires a certain level of empowerment, confidence, and your ability to flow through a situation. If you're jammed up, and you're fearful, you're not going to flow. All right. You're, you're exactly what I just said, jammed up. <laughs> all right. So you're unable to adapt. So if they throw something at you to see how you respond, you've got to be loose enough to move with that. All right. You have to have that energy to go with it. And, it, it, and, and that comes from the confidence part that I'm talking about, that resilient part. And that is a lot of it, part of its preparation. But a lot of it is the right mindset that comes with it and learning how to channel your insecurities and your fears. Mm. Huge part mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. I, so I definitely I, get the part about the interviews. I mean, having been on yes. the other side of the desk in my uh, 20, 20 years of senior HR work, interviewed and heard about 6,000 people, um, you know, getting the, <laughs> you know, getting the, yeah. the people comfortable, you know, as you're sort of walking from the reception through to the interview room, um, you know, getting them, uh, settled in. Um, I didn't have my personality science, uh, tools that I have today. So, you know, one of my favorite questions was, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself and depending on where they started would give me an idea of, you know, their, their level of nerves, whether they were an academic, whether they were an action oriented person, whether right. they were family oriented or very sort of structured and the ones that said, well, what exactly is it you need to know? You know, um, we're going to be more of a challenge to interview. Um, so that preparation in those circumstances, you know, whether it's a junior position or a more senior position, is always key. And I think there's such an emphasis today on results, particularly for entrepreneurs. Um, if you're selling services, you know, what are your results? Prove, show me, what have you done in the past? That's, you know, the most important thing people are buying. And in the interview case, you know, we can help them prepare. You know, behavior descriptive interviewing was one of my favorite techniques, showcasing, you know, what did you do? How did you do it? What was the impact? Tell me the real story. And then who can validate that? Just so I right. know, you know, I can reach out and you're not BSing on this. <laughs> right. <laughs> it has happened, right? Where people have overstated what their contribution was. Sure. Um, and then also asking people to, you know, if I was at a point of following up on references, what do you think the first three people that I contact would would say about you in common? What would be the common threads? And then looking for that consistency, like how well does this person know themselves? Are they thinking that people are saying X, Y, Z and people are saying ABC? Exactly. <laughs> so and it's, it's so, so true. Yeah, you're exactly, you're exactly right. I think that that's so there's, I always heard a saying goes that we are, uh, the combination of who we think we are and who others see us as. So there's something that has to meet right in the middle and we really have to have a better understanding. But I think that fear often gets in the way of how we seeing it clouds reality in a sense. Um, when you are fearful, doubting yourself, not in, in your standing in your confidence, your judgment is impaired as well. So your ability to discern what's going on, um, what needs to come across in your performances or in your interviews or speech, it gets all convoluted. So there, so, 
so there's also a lot, then it goes into lack of clarity. Then you're not clear. Then you confuse your audience, right? Right. And so, and this happens, I think, to entrepreneurs too, who, whose bottom line is about making a profit. But, you know, there's a lot of steps that are involved, the serving, the clarity, the knowing, standing in your own power, believing that, you know, that you can help people. Yeah. And, and coming at it from a place of service. So all of these, and if some, one of them's out of sync, then that profit, that end result is not going to be what you want it to be. Right. Um, yeah. I liken what you're saying to, I was at a networking event this week, uh, a live networking event. <laughs> <laughs> a real life. In the, I have to one too. I know. And you, know, you, you put your hand out and you shake hands with someone and sometimes you get this kind of wet, fishy handshake and it's like, oh, you know, the yeah. energy is not there of alignment right. or someone will, you know, say, well, you know, or you'll say to someone, so, you know, what are you, what are you here for? What are you all about? What are you up to? What do you, what do you do? Um, and you'll get this fire hose of information. And when I'm working with my clients, that is the first thing that we do. I mean, after making space to work together, right? Because there's usually right. things that we need to stop doing and start doing differently to work more efficiently. Um, and then we'll have the space to do the deeper dives into the other things. Um, but one of those first things is, you know, why did you start your business? What is it about your unique DNA, your set of experiences, your knowledge, your skills, your interests, your passion, all of those and more um, things? Where do they come together? And why are you the best person to be offering this service or product? And when they can stand in their truth about that, it makes such a massive difference. So whether you're talking one-on-one -on -one with someone or speaking from the stage, that message, that integrity, that energy has to come through because people feel it right oh absolutely they feel it you know i always say this well we are energy we're we're matter and yeah. and that's that's what we're made out of so and and matter can't be you know according to einstein and and uh science it can't be created destroyed so what do you do you transfer it it's going to be transferred true. from one person to the next and yeah. that is particularly important when you have someone that's standing up on stage someone speaking or uh, interacting, even in communication. So let's say you're one-on-one, -on -one, you're having a glass of wine and you're having dinner or networking, right? That exchange of energy is going to be very, very important. So even you can have an audience of one. And let me tell you, I think I hold the record for having making making the most money on the smallest room ever under three people <laughs> and got a major client for it. So don't think that any audience is too small for you as long as you're in front of the right audience. That's what really matters and that you're speaking their language. Exactly. So you understand, you know, some of the things that they are finding as issues right now. Um, you're able to help them figure out for themselves, right? You're not telling them yes. how to run their business, but asking powerful questions that are informed questions about what's going on. Um to help them to go, oh, yeah, I never thought about it like that. And then they're, right. the, they're the hero in their own story because it's not about me. It's about helping, you know, hold the energy, hold the container for them to step into their brilliance. So that's that's how it well, is. In my mind, anyway. Well, no, I agree with you 100% because I don't want to be there. They, they need to be their own champion. I mean, this is the reason why they're doing this and they have the ability to be. So I always say that I, part of my business creating champions because that's what I love to do. I like to watch people rise. That's my, I love it. And that's my favorite thing to do. That's what keeps me going in right. this business. So, so I, I, oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say I had a client one time that went from hiding in the bathroom every single time she had to step out on stage. I couldn't find her. And I would literally find her in the bathroom crying because she could not, and now she stands on the stage in Atlanta, Georgia, tells people about the Heart Association. She speaks on behalf of the American Heart. Like she never had a problem. I just, I'm, it blows my mind. Beautiful. The change. Yeah. So in that instance, right, and I'm sure you've had many, many of those experiences over the years, the, the, the sort of five key steps 
that you can help our audience understand a little bit more about how you work with people too, what would be five key steps that you take them through? Well, one of the, well, there's actually a, if, if I may, a four step process that okay. I actually use and we address different things in different parts of this. This is a bit, a bit of the process that I use, but we talked yeah. a little bit about preparation and this is a, this is a huge part of it because preparation encompasses so many things. It encompasses your tangible voice. It encompasses nonverbal communication, which is that energy that we're talking, exchange that we're talking about that people and I always say this, your audience can get uncomfortable and often they don't know the reason why. It's something you're giving off that you have to tweak, right? That's part of that preparation. It's also research, knowing where you're going, what you're saying, all right? There's messaging involved in that. There's, um, there's creating those, those things, those things that connect you to your audience, which is the number one mistake that speakers make, by the way, is that they don't speak to their audience they speak to themselves they they don't speak to their audience so they miss the connection that's the first step the second thing that we do is actually what i call performance so we actually get you i put people in the hot seat and it's uncomfortable but that's the way you learn all right we get better by doing and if you can be in the hot seat and you can handle the stuff that i throw at you then you get on the stage it's going to be a whole lot easier (laughs) And a lot more comfortable for you when your microphone doesn't work or the slides don't work. Yep. All right. Or you, for some reason, misplaced your notes and you can't find them. All right. Or I don't know. I can, can, I can give you a million things that have happened to my, my wig fell off one time. I'm standing there in a wig cap and pin curls on stage. You know, what do you do? <laughs> right. Well, so I hope you laughed at yourself. I mean, you know, with the audience, right? I said, I'm not an actual blonde. And then I just kept going. Exactly. Exactly, right? Nothing you can do about it. You know, I've been through it all. I've fallen down. I've had mics go out. I had one time the the sound, the way it was set up, they were playing two songs at once on stage. <laughs> it, if it can go wrong, it will. So the more you're able to do it and experience those challenges, the better you're going to be. So awesome. get in the fire, right? Get so- in the fire. The prep um, moments. Yeah. Okay. The third P is perseverance. And this is where the mindset piece comes in. We're talking about resilience. We're talking about confidence. We're talking about self-awareness, self-reliance. All right. And learning how to channel it. All right. And that is each piece of this is so very important. So this is getting that confidence up to speed. And this is really a huge focus of what I do and working, you know, working through these problems that people have with the number one fear of public speaking. Right. And finally, profiting. How do you turn it? How do you turn it into profit? Whether that be selling books and I have clients who are just, who are authors and they really are thought leaders. They want to get their message out in the world. Right. Yep. Or whether you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to make money because that's a whole different kind of talk that you're going to give. Mm-hmm. All right. Or a keynote where you're getting paid to speak. So these are different all or your job interview. So these are all different kinds of stages right here that, that you can profit from. And that profit can also come to you in the way of service, abundance, prosperity. It's not always about mm-hmm. money. Yeah. Excellent. So prep, performance, perseverance, and profit. You have a system. Excellent. I do. <clears throat> so in terms of ideal clients, who is it that you love working with? I mean, I don't know who's going to be listening to this show because every single time it's a different audience, this is a different group. And there could be some people that are in your community already listening that weren't quite ready to work together before and now realize, uh-oh, I'm missing out. <laughs> I need to pay phone. Yeah. Um, or new people from my audience too. So who do you love working with the most? Well, I love working with ambitious speakers who are hungry, hungry for more. All right. Hungry for a bigger stage, hungry to level up. They're just tired of playing small yeah. or they've been told they weren't good enough. I have a lot of people I've worked with that have heard this so much in their life. You're just not enough. Like you, why do you think that you can step up on that stage in front of 10,000 people? Who do you think you are? Or who do you think you are applying for a job for a hundred grand a year? Like 
What makes you think you can do that? Those are my people right there. Those are the people that I want to say, you can do this and I'm going to show you how, and we're going to, I'm going to hold your hand through the process. And, um, it, it, it feeds my soul. As you can tell, I get fired up about it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I feel it. Um, also I think, uh, you know, when you've got the, the stage presence, the stage experience, um, you've had all of these different adventures where things haven't worked smoothly. You really have a ton of knowledge, Julia, to be imparting with people and sharing with them. And I'm so glad that the awareness is there now about how to, how to step through when something is arising for you that is, uh, you know, part of that that recovery, that brain healing. Um, I was reading, um, in the process of reading the body keeps the score. Um, and you know, know it's a really interesting book. It's kind of heavy. I find it kind of heavy reading, um, being a doctor myself. However, the principles are still there of what we can do once we have awareness and we make a choice that, you know, where I'm at right now, isn't my, true passion it's not my true gift it's not my path in life and start ready start being ready to look for those signs you know when something's coming towards you and it's like oh isn't that interesting i had a experience last week where three things all came together and i'm like i can't make that up right that's obviously the universe saying yep this is the right this is the right direction keep on going so that's great um being passionate about helping people step into their confidence. We have that in common. Um, my best-selling book, Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations, is for women entrepreneurs, women professionals, women in general, who want to use their voice more powerfully to ask for what they want and get it, regardless of whether that's negotiating with their spouse for you know more free time or you know going for a job interview, asking for a you know a bigger deal. It's about using the language, even sometimes it is the self-talk, right? That piece. Um absolutely to to have a more powerful impact. And sometimes we change up one or two words, take out the word just, for example, you know, I just wanted to X, Y, Z. Well, now you may I'm really small and insignificant. Take that word out, right? Right. It's, it's 40 of those words and word concepts to help women to step into more powerful conversations, to have more okay. confidence. And there's an action item for every one of those 40 words as well. You had a gift that you wanted to share with the audience. Tell me a little bit about the gift as we start to wrap up. Well, I'm, I'm going to offer a call for anybody that really wants to talk about using their voice or stepping out onto the stage. Anybody that has that hunger, that drive, and just wants to talk about it a little more. I love to explore um, your unique gifts and really talk about how that would look specifically for you. And that's, I'm, I'm going to offer that compl- complimentary and um, that's a $107 value. So uh, when, when I do sessions, yeah, I'm going to do sessions with people. So, yeah. Thank you. Awesome. How, so, do people yeah. Go, how do people book that? <clears throat> uh, well, I have, a, I have a link for you. Um, the, yeah. and, and I think you have that link, uh, Yvonne, and I'll make sure you have it, if not. And mm-hmm. they can go straight to my calendar and book through that. And, um, you know, I, I look forward to talking talking to you you know i'm here i'm here to serve and i really want to see people use their voice and use their goodness and make a difference on stage in the world rise up the the um the complimentary call to talk about um you know how um Julia's personalized speaking roadmap might be a fit for you. Um, it looks like in the notes, I've got a bit.ly link here, bit.ly or bit.ly slash fierce speaker. Is that the one? That's right. That's the one. So if you're listening to the show today and realizing there is so much more that I have to share with the world. If you have a powerful story where you've risen from some sort of tragedy to triumph, you have a passion to share, you want to get that out to the world. Clearly, Julia is uh, seasoned in this area of expertise. So please do reach out, book some time with Julia, have the conversation. I mean, 
If it's a fit, great. If it's not, that's okay. You took action and the universe right. rewards action. So if the um, opportunity is there to learn from some of these techniques, I think that you'll be well on your way. Julia, it's been a pleasure today. I love hearing more about your story, hearing more about the work that you're up to, the fabulous clients that you're supporting and helping. And if any of this has resonated, please do reach out to Julia through that link, bit.ly slash fierce speaker. Get on her calendar. You can look her up. I'm sure you're, you know, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, in various yeah. places. Do you have a website <laughs> address too or? I do. It's my name, julialangley.net. It's under construction right now. We're in the process of doing a rebrand. So okay. that'll be up and going very soon. Okay. But I am on all social. And as you can see on my Zoom uh, picture here, Cirque Singer Jewels on Instagram. You can find me there as well. So Excellent. Uh, I will put yeah. that in the show notes as well. Julia, okay. thank well, you for joining me today. It's been um, thank you. very informative. Very inspirational. I wish you all the very best with the rebrand. And Thank if you. you are intrigued to learn a little bit more about my my book and the work that I do, I'd love to. Yeah. my focus is really women entrepreneurs who are seeking to flourish. It's those it's women amazing. who are ready to work smarter versus harder. They want to earn more. They want to make more. All they're maybe ready to step out of solopreneur, move into a CEO mindset to hire their first team, really start getting their business to be scalable. Those are the two groups that I'm passionate about working with. Having more confident conversations serves in expanding your business and it serves in growing your business by working through others when you have clear directives, clear delegation skills, a clear goal of where you're going and how you're going to get there. It's easy to translate to client, to uh, your staff. So Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations is my body of work. If you're intrigued to learn more about that, hang on because the video and the audio will be playing in just a few minutes, sharing a little bit more about that book and how it came to be. Thank you, Julia. Love talking to you. Thanks so much. And let's keep it going. Definitely. Okay. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye for now. Ladies, a new book is on the horizon. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. This new book is for women ready to rediscover their inner confidence, take a stand for themselves in life and business by using more powerful language. Words are so powerful and have already changed history. On October 5th, The New York Times published a story detailing decades of allegations of sexual harassment against film producer Harvey Weinstein. And numerous women in the entertainment industry found the courage to go public, banding together with a powerful voice that change is long overdue. Even Oprah Winfrey, television network icon, gave a rousing speech at the Golden Globe Awards in January. The media has showcased the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund. The Me Too movement is flourishing and all signaling it's time for women's equality and change. I believe it's time to give women the verbal agility to create more confident conversations. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations is the book which provides practical approaches for women to ask for what we really want and receive our request. Hello, I'm Yvonne Silver, Certified Executive Coach and Senior HR Professional, seasoned in business. I teach women to flourish in business by using more confident language to help empower and engage others. This book is the result of over 35 years of my career, professional career, working in four different countries. I've interviewed over 6,000 people in my career for job interviews, executive coaching, for sales and consulting conversations. And I've listened to hundreds of women in particular who are looking for a better way to collaborate. They're looking to be uh, asking for what they really want and heard and validated, especially in business. And women often earn less than men for doing exactly the same job. It's 2018. It's time for change. 
The modern art of confident conversations explores words we use at home, at work, words that trip us up, elevate us, and encourage us, and when no words are even required. It is about how to leverage the power of words in a positive, in a collaborative and impactful way. Now I work with women entrepreneurs and leaders who are empowering other women and leading through mentorship programs and my coaching, public speaking, interviews and writing. I'm passionate about women's equality. Why? I grew up in England in a house with a flow of negative comments from my father which destroyed my mum's dignity until she became an empty shell of the vibrant woman she'd once been, belittled by constant criticism and questioning of her abilities. Through my own life journey and supporting hundreds of female clients, I've discovered critical words to ask to get what we really want collaboratively. I know there are critical links between our language, our behavior, our mindset, and our success in life. Words from a song can replay in our head for hours and poetry can bring a lump in our throats. I've combined my insights with interviews from influential women, sharing their pearls of wisdom, supplemented with research and reference studies from established scholars. Women are rising up. It's time for women to be heard. Let's use more powerful, positive language and join the rising tide of change. This book is for you a woman looking to the future, ready to embrace significant positive changes in your life by using more confident language. Eliminate those words that drain your power, add words that energize and invigorate and shift from ordinary to extraordinary. Just one word can change your life. I believe every woman needs their own copy of this powerful book. It's time for action and time for change. Order and reserve your own copy of Words, Women and Wisdom today.